Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority. He is one of the best publishers on the 24-7 sports sports teams. And uh, we're going to miss you, Jason. Does it feel kind of weird that you're going to be playing Houston and Kansas? And it just seems kind of weird. Yeah, it's super weird. I'm still getting used to it because every time there's a a Pac-12 game, for the most part, it's like, well, you know, who knows when we're going to when we're going to see this again. So it's, it's definitely been weird so far and uh, it's going to be weird in the future too. Well, the other thing that's weird is anytime you, you've got an away game, kind of like us, you got to go, uh, you got to go East. You're, you got to go time zone. You're losing an hour, two hours, three hours at times. Yeah. And it's definitely a bunch of places that I've, I've never been. And for the most part, never thought about going. So oh, come on, uh, come on. Tell me a place that you're just kind of going, yeah, this is going to be weird. What's one place that you kind of circled and going, yeah, I'm not sure about this place. Uh, I mean, really like the only place that I've been to would be U- UCF would be Orlando. Otherwise it's like, I've never been to Lubbock or Waco or Morgantown. <laughs> I've never, so it's going to be, a little strange. I mean, I'm excited. You know, it's always, I like new experiences and they're great college football towns. It's just going to be very different than, you know, hopping in the car and, and going to L.A. and seeing UCLA or USC and so on. Hey, my son did a um, did an Ironman in Waco. I'm going to yell at him in the background. Hey, Kyle, do you have any desire to go back to Waco, Texas? <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> 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 yeah no anytime a baylor football game is on he says turn it over but anyways uh you did such a great job on just covering the conference realignment it's gonna be washing his last time down in the desert for a while and let's say scheduling out a conference game which probably won't happen because you know we're hearing that there's going to be 10 conference games but by the way going to iowa and uh for us going to iowa in november i'm just cringing at the thought of that yeah what what would happen, Jason, if you went to the weather uh, to a football game and it was uh, eight degrees outside? It's a lot different. I mean, here in Arizona, like you can't even start games until seven p.m. Like, so it's you know, it's, it's cold games for Arizona don't exist even on the road. So it it would be, you know, my my sister lived in Wisconsin and Iowa. They live in in San Diego now, so it's a little bit different. But uh, she has no plans on going back with those winters. So I I've yet to experience anything like that, and. I'm okay if I don't anytime soon. Well, how about replacing UCLA on your schedule with Kansas? Yeah. For basketball, for basketball. Yeah. I mean, basketball is going to be awesome. Like it's, I mean, you got Kansas, that'll be a rivalry. There's other teams in the conference. I mean, it basketball is going to be very cool. I I think that uh, in terms of UCLA, from what I heard, they're, they're going to try to schedule out of conference games, which sounds weird, but um, I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but the basketball schedule is going to be nuts. No, I think it's going to be it's it's going to be an adjustment for all of us. So uh, interesting times coming up. And just one more time. Congrats. You you had the conference realignment stuff nailed. You were all over it. And uh, uh, again, uh, 
Wildcat Authority, Jason Shear there, you know, uh, stop over, see him. They do a good job over there. But uh, speaking of good jobs, is Jed Fish, the head coach at Arizona, doing a good job? And what's up? He's got a red out, uh, a sellout this weekend. Why are they targeting Washington? Uh, they usually pick one game. It, it's family weekend. So that's the easiest game to to sell out. I don't think it has anything to do with Washington specifically. It's family weekend, red out, all that. Uh, they're trying to sell out the place. It's it's probably the biggest home game of the year. The home schedule isn't uh, that good. I think Oregon State and UCLA are the other home games. And so Washington's the biggest home game of the year, and and that that's just kind of how it played out. How are the fans accepting Jed Fish? Uh, so far, so good. You know, he's he's the thing with Jed that I think fans appreciate is he was very honest when he first got here. He said it would be a process. He said it would take time. He kind of laid out how he was going to do it. Um, and then everything he's really said, he's done. Like in the offseason, he said, look, we're going to improve the defense. He went out and did it. Um, eventually, you know, you got to see wins. Like uh, there's pressure for him to to make a bowl this year. But um, I, I think that people trust the process that he's doing. And uh, there really aren't many complaints about the job he's done so far. Tell us about that uh, Arizona offense, especially the off the field stuff that seems to be swirling at times with uh, Jason Delora. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, the, the offense is weird because everyone thought it would be the strength of the team this season. And it really hasn't been. Um, it started really slow every game of the year. They struggled in the first quarter um, in terms of Jaden Delora. There's been the off field stuff and Jed Fish has handled it where, you know, he's he's made statements and that's all we can talk about, blah, blah, blah. Um, as of now, his status for Saturday is up in the air. Uh, he, he has a, I believe he has an ankle sprain. We, we don't really know many details. I'm not sure Jed Fish is going to give us details. Um, but right now he is, he's questionable for Saturday. Noah Fafita would get the start. There's a good chance we won't know, uh, until they start warming up on Saturday. You guys even get to talk to Delora? Uh, yeah, we do. I mean, they, they definitely, they trot him out there pretty often actually you know most of the times he's the guy after the game that we talk to on uh, weekly presses we've talked to him access to him has been uh has been pretty normal as he brought up the fact that i know washington defense is kind of they got their eyes on him a little bit because of the incident for, when he was at washington state after the victory in uh the last year of jimmy lake's era uh washington state won the game and they planted the flag at midfield at husky stadium has that been brought up at all yeah, I mean, that was brought up last year uh, against Wazoo, and he apologized for it. Uh, he wound up playing an awful game against Washington State last season. But, um, you know, you you, you kind of – the vibe you got from Jaden Delora in the offseason and early in the season was the, the maturity is different. You know, the off-the-field stuff doesn't necessarily match that at times. Um, but, you know, you got a vibe that he had, he had learned, and – Really, Jimmy Doherty, the quarterback coach, and Jed Fish uh, said a handful of times that that was the biggest focus they had was working on the overall maturity of Jaden on the field and off the field. And um, he hasn't looked right this season. You know, I don't know if it's a, if it's distraction reasons or there's more to it than that, but he absolutely has not looked right in the games. He wasn't good against Stanford, where normally Stanford would be the type of team where he throws it all over the field. So um, I don't want to say fans have turned on him, but there's definitely less confidence in him than there was at this point last year. 
You brought up Jimmy Doherty, uh, and for Husky fans, may have forgotten, Jimmy actually coached up here. He was a wide receiver coach up here for a couple of years, so it'll be good to uh, cross paths with Jimmy again. But, you know, uh, the drop-off from uh, Delora to the backup, how big of a drop-off is that? It's hard to say. You know, uh, you know Noah Fafita um, wasn't highly recruited out of high school, but all he did was win in the Trinity League, which is one of the toughest leagues in the nation. Uh, really good kid. His teammates absolutely love him. Uh, last year in camp, he was awesome. I mean, he was right there with Jaden Delora. This year, there's a little bit more of a gap. Uh, he comes in in the Stanford game in the last drive. He goes four for four, and they win the game behind him, basically. Uh, he led the game-winning drive. He didn't throw the touchdown, but he led the game-winning drive. And then you started to see fans kind of shift because uh, as you know, the, the well, you probably don't know this with Washington, but the backup quarterback is often the, the most popular guy uh, on the team. But, you know, it, it, it's there. there's a drop off, I think, in the ability to throw deep and make plays with his legs. But I think Noah Fafita will run the offense like Jed Fish wants to. And he, he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. I don't want to call him a game manager because I think that he's more than that. Um, but it, it's probably a... A, a lower ceiling than Jaden Delora, but a, a higher floor in, in the sense where he's not going to go in and, you know, like Jaden Delora had four picks or whatever it was against Mississippi State. Noah Fafita wouldn't do that, but he also might not have the 350 yards that came along with it. Give me an idea of sitting at the 50-yard line watching Arizona's offense operate. Give me an idea. What does it look like? Uh, it, it's a lot of pro sets. You know, it, it's nothing – fancy uh it's advanced for the college game but it's not a you know a spread or an air raid or anything like that it's it's balanced and um the thing is when you ask the coaches what about balance it's basically whatever it takes to win so they're okay with running the ball uh more than passing or passing more than running um you know they're they're not trying to establish the run or force the issue there uh they like to get the ball in space to their playmaker so uh, to Tora McMillan and Jacob Cowing, they're going to get the ball in space in one-on-one situations. They're going to run the ball. Uh, from what I understand, the starting running back, Michael Wiley, is is likely out for on Saturday with a high ankle sprain. But they have they have talent in that room. Jonah Coleman is really good. Speedy Luke. They got other guys. Um, but they're gonna they're gonna force Washington to make plays in the open field. That's the goal. Um, it's been the goal all season when they've had success. It's kind of all right, let's spread them out. Let's get one-on-one situations with quick passes, and then you'll see them take shots. But um, they're not a, a deep ball type of offense. It's more of working the middle of the field and then working space. So going into the game, uh, Arizona could be missing their starting quarterback and their starting running back. Yes, there's a, a very real chance that Arizona's missing their starting quarterback and starting running back. Arizona always seems to have a couple of guys up front that have uh, got size. Tell me about that offensive line for Arizona. Arizona's offensive line is really good this year. Um, the run game has been a little inconsistent with the run blocking, but the pass blocking is really, really good. They got uh, two guys that are going to play in the NFL. Jordan Morgan and, and Jonas Savanea as the bookends. They're they're absolutely going to play in the NFL. Uh, they both might wind up being first-round picks. Really, really good. Um, center Josh Baker is is kind of the, the anchor of the line. He, he doesn't stand out like the others, but he's very solid. Um, you know, they Brennan Carroll has done a great job with that offensive line. There, there's a freshman by the name of Raymond Polito who actually decommitted from Alabama to come to Arizona. Uh, <laughs> true freshman was going to start on the offensive line, got in a bike accident 
missed the first three games because of that bad concussion for a bike accident, finally sees the field against Stanford, plays like 10 reps, and then a D lineman goes low on him and sprains his ankle badly. So he's out for the UW game. Um, so it's he's had a rough start, but he, he was a lock to be a starter. And they've had to move some guys around, and it, it's worked really well. Uh, the pass blocking is definitely better than the run blocking, but um, they've, they've showed up really in, in a big way this season so far. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On the other side of the ball, Daniel Hamuli was a big-time recruit for Washington. Couldn't seem to uh, break the depth chart, but he seems to be playing well at Arizona. Give people a little bit of a scouting report and how's Daniel doing down there in Tucson. Yeah, he's switching back and forth with uh, with Justin Flo, transfer from Oregon. Um, it really depends on on what type of look they want to give the opposing offense. Hamuli is better than Flo in coverage, and Flo is better against the run, so they kind of mix it up. Um, we have yet to talk to him with, with the media. I'm, I'm guessing that's by plan. I thought we'd maybe be able to talk to him this week, but we haven't been. But he's been fine. Um, you know, that he had one play against Mississippi State in overtime where he missed the tackle, and it led to the, the game-winning touchdown in overtime. And uh, it was pretty frustrating for him. I, I don't think he's been spectacular, but he hasn't been bad. He's kind of just been an, an average linebacker. But uh, the coaches seem to to speak highly of him, and um, hopefully he's, you know, he kind of gets better as it goes on. But, um, you know, he, he'll probably play 30 snaps or so. They they rotate quite a bit at linebacker. So um, him and Flo will probably split snaps on Saturday. The other linebacker, Justin Flo, that you mentioned, he was a big-time recruit, real violent player, real physical player, went to Oregon and just seemed to kind of get lost in Oregon. Sometimes a change of scenery, change of scheme is good for a player. So how was Justin Flo? He's a former five-star uh, starting at linebacker now for Arizona. How's he coming along? Yeah, he's been really good. Uh, you know, started off slow. The, the biggest thing with him was the same issue he had at Oregon, which is when you drop him into coverage or you force him to cover, he's not very good. Uh, he just, he's, he's doesn't, I don't know if it's an understanding of the defense or whatever it is. And even Johnny Nansen, the defensive coordinator said, it's an everyday struggle getting him to kind of work on coverage. But when you put him up against teams that are going to run the ball, uh, he's really, really good. I mean, he started two games against run oriented teams and he had 12 tackles. There was one game where he had 12 tackles and 24 snaps, uh, which is just, uh, insane. And so, um, like you mentioned, he's violent, he's physical, I'm curious to see how much he plays on Saturday with Washington's pass attack. Um, that's something that Arizona has to figure out, but he's been pretty good so far this season. Johnny Nansen, the defensive coordinator at Arizona, formerly at University of Washington under Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, he seems like he'd be an easy guy to have a, a bullseye on his chest. How's Johnny Nansen coming along as a defensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, Arizona fans wanted him fired last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Arizona's defense was atrocious, but I think what we're seeing this year is it's a lot different when you have actual talent. I mean, the the jump that Arizona and in Arizona, I'm not saying they're going to stop Washington. There's there's a a big quality difference between Washington and the teams that Arizona has played, but Arizona's defense is significantly better than last year, 
And a big reason is personnel. I mean, there's only so much Manson could have done last year. They went out, they brought a ton of guys in, and all of a sudden he looks like a good coordinator. I mean, I, I think he's a solid coordinator. I never thought he was bad, but a lot of times in college football, you're only good as your talent. And and so far this year, he's he's been just fine. I can't even imagine being a defensive coordinator or any defensive coach on the other side of this Washington offense, just uh, trying to figure out how to stop it. Uh, how does Arizona stop Michael Penix and company? Good question. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, we asked Nansen the same question, and he basically said, you got you to gotta try your hardest to make him uncomfortable and, and play assignment football. And I don't think I'm, I'm letting out a secret here that they practice it openly in the fall, and, and the coaching staff has talked about it. But I think Washington's going to see what, what Arizona calls the dollar package, uh, which is basically it's it's three defensive linemen, one linebacker, and the rest are defensive backs. And and they do that, and they've been working on it quite a bit. Um, they haven't brought it out yet this season. They brought it out at times last season. But my guess is against Washington, uh, we see more of that than we have all year. And it's something where uh, they're, they're basically going to try to trick uh, panics and into making mistakes or at least get out there and and try to lower the yards after catch and take away the explosive play do they have the playmakers to put that many dbs out on the field uh they it's a decent amount they they really do i mean it, it's there's some definitely some questions it would include playing you know genesis smith for instance at safety and he's a a true freshman and it's like congrats kid you're now the the last line of defense against washington but um you know it's a little scary uh, you know, with, with the personnel, but they they actually, they have solid cornerback depth and they have solid depth at nickel. And, and I think we'll see different uh, combinations of packages. I, I wonder how they pressure the quarterback from, from that scenario, but um, we've seen it where they they'll play the dollar and blitz at different angles and things like that. So my guess is they're going to try to confuse Washington a little bit and try to take away the explosive play. If you're Washington, where do you attack? Uh, safety. You know, and, and I think that's it's funny because that's Washington likes to deep ball, and that's probably Arizona's biggest uh, concern. Gunnar Maldonado at safety has been flat out bad this season in coverage. Um, no one really, I'll, I'll be blunt, no one really can explain why he plays, but he plays. It might be because he's better than the other options, but um, Arizona has, has struggled. Stanford really picked on him quite a bit, and really the Stanford worked the deep ball more than they had all season, and it worked. I mean, Stanford dropped a couple passes that Washington probably wouldn't drop. And had Stanford not dropped those passes, they probably win the game. So if I'm Washington, I'm I'm absolutely taking some shots on Arizona deep. All right. Now the tough one. You ready for the tough question? Always. <laughs> Where am I going for Mexican food and a margarita Friday night? Oh, man. You just you, uh, if you go anywhere south of campus, you'll run into a good Mexican place with a good margarita. That's pretty much it, it, it's just that's that's how Tucson is. Just get on Sixth Street, go down the street, and and you'll run into a place. And you go into any random Mexican place, and it's it's really good down there. It's just tough to screw it up down there, huh? <laughs> pretty much. But I always I always say go to Minadito for for people that are don't come to Tucson often. I, Minadito is the uh, the place to go if you could get in on a Friday night. Ah, uh, you can always find a seat at the bar at all any place, right? <laughs> So, hey, Jason, we really appreciate everything that you've done over the years. You've been awesome to work with. Like I said, you're one of the best publishers out on the network, and uh, we appreciate everything you do. We're going to miss you, man. We're going to miss coming down to the desert. So you know, I guess we're going to substitute uh, Tucson and uh, 
Tucson and Phoenix for what uh, Ann Arbor um, and East Lansing. So um, yeah, so it'll be weird, but Hey, Jason, thanks for jumping on with us. Wish you the best. And are you going to be at the game? On, you'll be at the game on Saturday. So I'll make sure to uh, come up and say hello. All right. Definitely. Sounds good. I, uh, I appreciate everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.